0: This is Plus Money Golf on the Patriot Sports Network, a golf betting podcast that's better than most, what he said. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! And now, here are your hosts, Adam, Smitty, and Eric.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Plus Muddy Golf on the Patriot Sports Network, the show with the pro and the caddy. That would be Adam and Smitty. My name is Eric. I'm just the host. Boys, we are back. Willie won the FedEx St. Jude, and it was a beautiful moment in sports betting because we've all been burned in the past by this guy, and we all bet on him this week. So to see it finally happen was magnificent. I tuned in just as he made the turn, and I didn't sit down after he bounced that one up on the green. Smitty said, uh... Nice bump and run. And I said, oh, that's what that's called. It was pretty fucking cool. That's what I know. And the rest of it was just a heart attack for about an hour straight. He bounced that one off the rocks. After that, I was sure we were good. But you never know. With he, I mean, he hit one off a tree. And then it bounced into the fairway. It was it was another one of those, like, uh, what was it, two, three events ago. Nobody wanted to win on Sunday, it seemed like. And then... Being a golf noob, I learned that it was, you know, sudden death from the start. I thought we were playing three or something, but no. (laughs) And what, three penalties taken on on the three playoff, uh, sudden death playoff holes? Adam, did you think he was going to hit that ball? I was freaking out. I thought he was going to hit that fucking ball.
0: Well, yeah. At first, I thought he was going to hit it, and then... After the situation happened, I was like, man, this is like the greatest match play, like strategy in the world. Like, let the guy keep going until he gets inside you. And then you can make the decision. Because if Sepp hits it like a foot or holds it from the fairway, he's in for three or four. Like, he's going to have to really think about hitting that shot, which was a zero and 10 shot. I mean, the ball was sitting two inches almost below the top of the grass. And there's no possible physical way he could hit it. I saw the video where... The pro went out and tried to hit the shot and the first attempt went straight in the water, like just like hitting into a backboard. I mean, he would have had to break his wedge, like trying to scoop that thing, but it was a smart play by him. I mean, his caddy just, you know, must have eventually convinced him like, this is a low percentage shot, dude, we got to go back. So he needed to wait to see because... He didn't know what strike was going to do. The dude's automatic from 10, 12 feet all, all day. So you got to assume that he, you know, is going to chip it on and make, make the putt, but it all worked out. He went back to the drop area, hit it and made the putt. So it worked out great for him. Uh, I just would have hate to have seen him like hit that shot. It would have been an all time bonehead, like loss, like in the history books, you know, like John DeVandeville from the, the ditch on at St. or not at St. Andrew. Yeah. At St. Andrews to lose the British open. So it ended up being a great tournament. Uh, It was a lot closer than we really wanted it. But if I would have picked Sepp at 50,000 to win, I probably would have been cheering for Willie to hit that shot. But luckily the, I don't know if the announcers were talking loud enough to convince him to not hit that shot, but they were just like, what is he thinking? And then, After the whole thing happened, you think, well, that's the greatest move ever is just wait till that guy's inside you before you need to hit. So worked out good.
2: That's a really, you know, that's, this is something we've talked about before, right? With that, that whole caddy player relationship. And you could see the conversations that were going on. You could see the things that were happening. Um, and the best part is, is that dude has been on Zalataurus's bag for a week. Yeah. You know, and that is, that's like the craziest thing of it all. Right. And you could tell there was, there was, there were some times where he was taking some practice and he was kind of walking around and he was like, I'm going to hit this shot. I'm going to make this shot because everybody wants that memorable shot. Right. And they want to be remembered for a while. Do you remember when Will Zalatoris made that crazy shot when the ball was nestled up against the rocks, you know, um, in the FedEx cup playoffs. Right. And I, the, you could tell the whole time with body language and everything that, the caddy continued to tell him, "Hey, listen, we gotta just we just gotta play this out. We gotta see how this happens, but we gotta take the drop and we gotta, you know, take the score that we should get here." Type thing, and 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 he, they ended up doing the right thing. And like you said, I mean, you explained it really perfectly. How let it kind of play out and let uh, see what Sep does a little bit here, and then you go from there. But when I saw that video of that guy hitting the ball, trying to make that shot, and it literally just went straight backwards into the water. I mean, didn't stand a chance.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, first off, like you have to assume that when Sep takes that drop, he's going to hit it stiff. I mean, he did on just the hole before that. Like, takes his medicine, hits it to two feet, and makes the par. And it's like, you think Will has wrapped up on that hole, and they got to go to the next hole. But how Strack's caddy wasn't like just hit it to the middle of the green. Like, why is he going at the pin? He knows Zalator's is in damage control. Like, it's either in the water or it's sitting on the rock. Like he has no shot. Like, why would you even try to hit it at that pin? We saw numerous guys hit it in the water that on that hole. Like it's just dumb. He's it. Why would, I mean, you got to hit it to the middle of the green and just two putt.
2: Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, you really do, especially you're talking about, you're talking about the one, the one course that sees more water hazards than any other course on tour. And, um, and, but yeah just and then getting into trouble that way i mean you just gotta you got you gotta play to your strengths you gotta play to the other guy right it's a chess match at that point it's not golf anymore
0: he must have just been feeling it uh, after that last hole where he just like hit it stiff from like whatever 160 or whatever i mean
2: that was crazy that's the
0: only thing that i'm thinking is he's just feeling the flow but yeah if it's me' and I, or i'm the caddy i'm yelling at him like dude middle of the green like don't be a hero here. This is game over if we just get it in the middle of the green.
2: Well, I thought Sepp wanted in the second in the second playoff hole. He was inside of Will and I was like, there's no way because everybody doubted Will Zalatoris with his putter, right? Just because of his stroke. I was like, man, there's no way that Zalatoris is making this putt. And I'm like, and, and Sep's going to knock this thing in. You just know it. And then they both just, I mean.
0: All they did was talk shit about his putting all week on TV and it's like, dude, eventually. And then when he made that putt on 18 in regulation, he was like, what are you guys going to talk about now? So
2: I know that was, that was great. Pretty that cool. was, that was phenomenal. So, so we, you know, you can tell the best of the best in the world, right at their craft, they're hearing all the whispers, right? Like they know, <laughs> they know what people are saying about you. They know exactly what's going on. And and the fact that he comes out in his fist in his fist pump and he's screaming, he's like, what are they going to talk about now? And like, that's, that's, That's classic right there. Just saying those dudes are human and they want to, they want to please everybody the best they can and and including themselves, obviously. But that, that was, that was really fun golf to watch. It was speaking of the announcers, they were freaking me
1: out too. They kept saying, Oh, this is what happens when you win a tournament. You know, this, you know, that, that's the kind of role you get, you know, in an event that you're going to win. It's like, will you stop saying that out loud, please?
0: And then a lot of people for his ball to end up on the rocks. That's nine out of 10 in the water. I mean, it hit and just
2: stayed there. Like, yeah. And then it hit the rocks four or five times before it nestled up and stayed in. I was like, come on, are you serious right now? So it was almost at that point, it was like destiny, right? For him to win. I think it's, it's gotta be that. Yeah. He was just about
1: as fortunate as us. What did our, uh, what did our sheet look like this week?
0: Pretty good. I mean, Zalatoris at plus 2,200 wins.
1: I paid the light bill. I know that. Yeah.
0: A top 10, 220. Finau, a top 10, 200. Fitzpatrick, top 10 at 150. Poston at a top 20 um, for 280. Hovland, top 20 at 150. Glover, which, you know, that was my, you could pick him if you want, uh, 900 for a top 20. And he actually finished third and played really good. And I always pick those. young Kim, top twenty at uh, plus one seventy. So, i th- I thought Glover was actually gonna really have a chance at one point, and then he just kind of tapered off. There was a few guys that just tapered off, but yeah, it was a great tournament.
2: Glover after the round, he got interviewed, and he was just super, super even keel guy, and just was you know basically just saying, hey, I'm just keeping my head down, playing golf, and keep grinding away, and it's just the the stuff that that guys say and they just quietly jump up in the in the standings and I mean that was a really nice really nice tournament he had.
0: Yeah, I think he went from like one fifteen into the top seventy. So that's really good for him. I don't think he's been inside the top one twenty five in a long time.
2: It's a gigantic jump.
0: Um uh, may well the year he won the deer, I think what's two years ago, he bumped into the top top seventy, but yeah, that's that's a great move for him. A bunch of guys. It was crazy to see the guys like um, that were inside the top seventy when they started, and they would have like a bogey and go from seventy to ninety, or the guys that went from a hundred to forty. And it was crazy how the it was just bumping around. There, so it was so close at the ends for some of these guys.
2: Well, on the other hand, um, JJ Spawn had a round to forget about. He shoot. uh, I think he shot a seventy eight on Sunday. He still got in the top seventy. It's yeah, but if he so I I heard I heard a stat right that if he would have won, he would have been I think the number two ranked player or something like that. Some crazy. Like that's why that's another thing with the FedEx points, right? I mean, how this one tournament can like just jump you up like crazy. You know, like I don't know, I don't know if they should weigh it as much as what they do or what. But
0: Scheffler's been number one in the FedEx Cup since like two weeks before uh, the Masters, and this is the first week where he wasn't at number one in the FedEx. And if if uh, Zalatoris misses that putt, he doesn't get to number one in the FedEx playoff, which is huge. I mean, that next week, like you start out with like a five shot lead, I think, if you are in the number one spot. So it's a huge deal.
2: Yeah, I mean, as impossible as it is for this week to make make picks, um, next week is going to be the you know the final term is going to be absolutely insane.
0: One guy's name I didn't see that in the top seventy. Maybe I missed it, but was Taryn in the top seventy? Did he make it in there?
2: No, I don't think so. Yeah, to bring. I didn't. I didn't even look. I was just like, but you got. You got to remember that last week he wasn't an official pick of mine. Okay, he was a guy that I threw in there as the sixth dude because I knew you'd. And I knew you'd laugh about that. But
0: the craziest thing this week was all the big guys missing the cut. Speeth, JT, Rory, uh, Scheffler.
2: Well, JT made the cut. JT made the cut.
0: Oh, yeah. Sorry, he finished top 13.
2: Yeah, but JT though he. He should have been right there in the mix at the end too, because the amount of putts that he missed inside 10 feet was absolutely ridiculous. And I'll talk about that, I guess, a little bit more, but I mean, I could have, but I guess I, he just really, he really upset me. He should have easily been in the top 10 and gave us, gave us more money. But instead he, I mean, some of the lip outs he had were absolutely ridiculous.
0: I think when I turned it on, on Thursday or Friday, he made like a 40 footer and the thing had so much speed. It like just... Disappeared in the hole in a second. He just hammered it home. But yeah, it was, I was surprised, but not surprised because some of these guys hadn't played in three or four weeks. And, you know, Rory said he didn't touch a club for two weeks. So we probably should have showed. Yeah. But I doubt they make the same mistake this week. I saw a lot of guys still there practicing this week. And then some of the guys already went there to practice for the BMW because it's a new track.
2: Oh. Yeah, so, well, there's like no course history there as far as Which like is typical like goes on. So
0: this BMW tournament used to be at almost the same spot every year and it was at Conway Farms for 4 or 5 years in a row and then they decided to rotate it around. Um it's one of the oldest events I believe on tour, the Western Open because it's the BMW but it's also in the Western Open, which they did have at Davenport Country Club like in I want to say 47 or something. Um Sam Sneed won in 47 there, I think. Uh, I may be wrong on the date, but um, it's a classic old tournament, which is cool because they have the old trophy there that they give, you know, the players. So if you go to the BMW ever, they have the trophy on display, which is pretty cool.
1: Oh, I love it.
0: So it's going to only be played like in certain areas because it's the Western Open, which is weird.
1: Well, I suppose we should
0: talk about...
1: Wilmington Country Club, set among the rolling hills of the Delaware Valley and surrounded by land formerly owned by the renowned DuPont family. Ever heard of them? Their storied history of over 100 years has solidified Wilmington Country Club as one of the finest and most prestigious clubs in the country. As I read more and more of these websites, they all say they're one of the finest, most prestigious, or some version of that.
2: This one looks really cool, though. This course, yeah. This course looks amazing. It looks awesome. I'm I excited. mean, it
0: reminded CRTV. me a lot of Southern Hills. Yeah, it Just did. the look of the course, like the way the bunkering is and stuff. I thought, first look, when you look at their page, like their golf page, it's like, oh, that looks just like Southern Hills with a little less slope, you know, coming up to the, I guess it's probably the 18th green they feature there in their picture, but it's a lot less slope, but it looks quite a bit like Southern Hills.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's a, I mean, I don't know, Adam, did you have anything that you wanted to say about the course itself before we got into it? There's nothing,
0: I mean, I I couldn't find anything about it.
2: I got, I mean, I have some stuff I can talk to you, I guess, I guess just to let listeners know, I guess, is, um, so it is a par 71, right? And it's a long course. It's like 75, almost 75.50. It's a tree-lined course type, Robert Trent Jones course. What else we got here? It's the sixth longest, sixth longest course on the PGA Tour this year. Um Differential in elevation is 361 feet. Uh, eighth most bunkers. Complete flip from last week, right? With all the water, there's not as much water this year, this week, this weekend. So um, there's a couple of screwy little holes though on this course where um, some interesting water comes into play. Uh, it looks but, like uh, they have
0: some crazy dog legs too.
2: Yeah, I noticed that on the fir- on the first on the first nine where there's a ton of not like super big dog legs, but in the first. In the first nine holes, I mean, there there's a bunch of dog leg lefts. I feel I feel like, and um, you know, it's it's gonna make for some interesting tee shots, especially because this is it's supposed to be like a bomber's paradise here a little bit. So, um, it is a bent cra- bent grass fairways and greens. Um, second largest greens on the PGA Tour this year. So, um, what was it? The average is like the green size was 81, 8,100 square feet. So very big greens this week. So, uh I mean, that's where I think that I think getting off the tee like in your driving distance and your accuracy off the tee is going to be a big thing here, but like those big hitters that can keep it straight are going to be in, going to be in business and then you need to be able to hit optimal spots on the green. Your approach shots are going to be really key. So, um I think those are the kind of for me I think those are the kind of guys that I I kind of looked at here.
0: It says they've got two courses here. I wonder if they're doing a mix and match where they do parts of one parts of the other.
2: And it says it's the South Course that's th- okay. that we're playing.
0: Yeah. It looks like Joe Biden's a member here. That's <laughs> what it's one of their big things on their website. Or not on their website, but a golf page. Looks like the south course is pretty straightforward. This north course is like tricked up.
2: Yeah, there was a couple, um like the par four fifth hole I thought was really crazy how it's set up. It kind of turns to the left at the end, and then there's there's all those there there's water right there on the left hand side and like up the the front to the left and then um there's bunkers on almost every single landing spot. That's pretty, I mean, that's pretty standard, but at the same time, um, there's a lot of bunkers. Like there's some pretty big bunker complexes where I, I forget the whole, but there was a a dogleg, right. And if guys want, I don't know if guys want to try to bomb it over that or if they're, if what they're going to be hitting there. But I mean, if they, if they try to get aggressive around that corner going, right, they're going into a whole bunch of bunkers.
0: I do see on their page, there is three players that have played this course before in the 2013 Palmer Cup on the South Course. Who is they that? They played, they played the Palmer. it's like the like a Ryder Cup for college. They played Justin Thomas, Daniel Berger, and Patrick Rogers. All played on that team, so they've seen it at least once.
2: Yeah, I mean, if no one else has seen, I got obviously in their practice rounds and stuff, they get to see it. But it, coming in, you know, if you have any kind of. I mean, you know, being a, being a competitive golfer, yeah. you know, like any kind of course knowledge that you have from previous years and stuff, or, um, it is huge to have, but JT pisses me off. So
1: I think they all do eventually, you know, as I get individually pissed off at golfers, I wonder how anybody who bets golf for multiple years can have anybody left to bet on because you just swear off of guys one by
2: one. No, they can earn your love back. That has to be how it works.
0: Except for Tiger.
2: True, true. A lot of guys were pissed off about Will Zalatoris all year, and him just not being able to get over the hump, and then he finally does. And I feel like listening to a, a large number of podcasts, a lot of these guys didn't bet Zelatoris this weekend, and so now they're all they're not now they're all mad, even more mad at him and stuff. But you can guarantee they're going to be on him this weekend.
1: How could you not? I I thought the whole idea was you don't want to not be on Willie Z when he wins. And we all kind of had, like, a lot of people I thought had a feeling he was going to do it this week. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad we we
2: were. Holy shit. We picked him
0: three times before this last week, before the (laughs) win, so we're one for four.
2: Right. Which is better percentage than a lot of other guys, (laughs) yeah. I think, because, man, a lot of guys have been on him all year.
1: Yeah, it had to happen eventually. And I saw... um, He got a tweet from Adam Sandler, too, who was happy for him. I'm sure that made his day.
2: Yeah, I mean, Adam Sandler, you know, Happy Gilmore is the guy who got him interested in playing golf. So
1: So who's going to win the, uh, what you call, the BMW? Let's get into that. First, who's going to finish in the top 20? Smitty, you go first. What do you got over there?
2: All right. So very interesting when it comes to this week, just because it is the big dogs across the board, you know, you have the top 70 players in the world and, um, you know, well, minus cam Smith because he, he's hurt. So we haven't touched that at all.
0: His wallet hurt his hip.
2: (laughs) Anyways, we, we can talk about that at some point later here, but, um, yeah, so there was, there's not a whole lot to go in, I, for me anyways, as far as long shots go. I tried to pick some guys who are right on the edge there um, uh, that that play to the common themes that I have this week of being big hitters and being good ball strikers and just being able to approach greens and give yourself really nice putts. Um, so I started off my top 20 with uh, Mr. Consistency all year long, man, is Aaron Wise at plus 160. Um the guy is just always there. He's kind of like he's kind of like our, you know, the JT Poston just hasn't recorded that W yet, you know? I mean, he's he's just man. He's he's just continuously doing well. Um then I have Cam Davis at plus 175. I like Cam a lot. Uh, he's been playing really good golf and, you know, bombers paradise, let it, let it rip. See what he can do. And then everybody's, everybody's uh big question mark all the time. And I, you know, I was on him a little bit here recently and I'm going to put Adam Scott at plus plus one hundred and sixty. He, uh, he either goes super low or he just decides he doesn't want to show up and I don't know what, what's going on there. Um, but, uh, I, I, I he's, I mean, he played too well last week to, to not, uh, to take him this week in the top 20 I feel like cuz I I'm just not I'm just not comfortable taking guys with huge long shots this week. Um I have Davis Riley at plus 180. That's a name that you guys know that I've I've been on a little bit this year, especially at those um lower level tournaments, but he he's a, another guy who can um really get hot with his driver and he he has a full game um and arsenal there, so I think that he has a chance to play play well. I'm going to continue to ride on the top 20s with uh, JT Poston at plus 220. Um, And then I I do have a six there, a guy who's shown a little bit of control uh, with his driver as of late, Um, especially this last weekend, was um, Sahith Thigala at plus 220. So that'll round up my top six I have for this week. I like
1: Thigala. I saw he was 85-1 to to win. I said, I'll throw four or five bucks at that.
0: Yeah, I think he played decent last week.
2: He did. I don't, I don't think he can win, but I think top 20 at plus 220 is really good for him. And I think that he has a chance being a streaky guy. I think that he's a guy who, who could really go low a couple rounds in a row and he doesn't need to do it back to back. Right. He's got four rounds to do it. So uh, if he can sneak in, you know, that's another, it's another weird thing this week. Right. With no cuts.
0: Yeah. it be interesting to see how many guys could play, maybe play bad two days and play really good two days.
2: Yeah. And see where that, and, like, see where that puts them.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a tighter. I think a make for a better event.
1: Yeah, I agree. So don't freak out on Saturday. Yeah, if my don't. guy's a few shots back, I'm learning how to ride the emotional wave of moving day. It's difficult sometimes. What, whichever side you're on, if your guy is falling, or if your guy is shooting up there, you know it's a it's an emotional experience. <laughs> and then Sunday is usually just tension. Man, that was, that was so much fun. That last hour and a half, two hours of golf, that was just pure energy. It was one of those what do people who don't love sports do kind of moments. Like, I'm not even sure what they do, how they get their excitement or what. Maybe that's where your rock climbers
0: come from. I don't know.
1: We're way off in the ditch. Adam, who uh, who's on your top 20 list?
0: So my top 20, I got uh, Kurt Katayama at plus 400. Just because you had to go so deep this week to get any good numbers, I thought, well, I'll just pick guys towards the bottom this week for top 20s. Um, he's been playing decent. He's got, I think, three top 10s this year. So he's he's been hanging in there. Wyndham Clark at plus 275, played decent last week. Trey Molinex 275. He was up there last week also. Chaz Reevy at plus 330. I don't know. He just seems like a guy at those odds you could get pretty decent. Scott Stallings at plus 275. And then I got two more that you could pick or you could not pick, but Brian Harmon at plus 180 and Sepp Straka at plus 330. I think Straka coming off that heartbreaker may, you give him four more rounds. He's capable of low rounds that, you know, when there's only 70 guys in the field, you only got to beat 50 guys to get in the top 20. So I figured, huh, why not? Maybe he even gets a win this week. So
2: yeah you know straka and Harmon were two guys that I had on my initial like list of ten guys to put in the top twenty and i I wanted to put I wanted to put sepp in there I just I don't know he's been so shitty all year like you know what I mean so it was really hard for me to do that it was like just a one hit wonder type thing but man he looked really good last weekend and um so I am glad that you put him in your top twenty I guess but uh I just I just couldn't do it and then Harmon Harmon's just Brian Harmon, you know, he just, he does some things that are really, really good and he comes on strong, like, Hey, I'm going to win this tournament. And then all of a sudden he just like runs out of gas.
0: I think some of these guys though, that tend to run out of gas on Friday, are going to get two more tries at it. So maybe they're just, you know, relaxed, like everybody's trying to get in the top 30. So they're going to be playing super aggressive Saturday and Sunday. And I thought, well, if you get some of these guys that can get hot rounds, why not put them in there?
2: Yeah, that's 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 a good point too. I mean, I I think that I think I was more steered away from Harmon just with how he finished this last weekend. Um, he definitely has the game and the skills to do to skill set to do some some really crazy things this weekend, especially with the no cut and everything. So I don't know. We'll see what happens.
1: I like it. I like chasing the chasing the heat from last week. I'm surprised you neither of you put Max Homa in your top twenty. That surprises me. I thought he played pretty well. I expected to see him. In fact, I already bet Max Homa. That's how sure I was you guys were going to pick him.
0: Now I feel like a moron.
1: But what if Max Homa wins this tournament? How smart will I look?
0: He didn't stand out to me.
1: Oh no. That means I don't know what I'm looking at. I think
0: if he gets in the top 30 then maybe next week, but I don't he's 16th right now, so there's really no last week you probably didn't have a lot of pressure, but this week he's going to need to move up, maybe ten spots. So he needs to beat Xander and Cantley and Straka and all these guys. I mean Straka it up to eighth in the projected cut or projected FedEx. So
2: that's insane.
1: Yeah, yeah. he came. Tra- I mean he was just playing better than Zalatoris
2: for a while there. I thought he was. It was inevitable. Well, he was making better. He was making better golf shots. And he really was. Uh, yeah. Overall, I mean Zalatoris just showed that I'm going to scramble and get on the green, and then I'm going to knock down whatever I need to knock down. Um, I mean, it it's, says it's Strzok weird, has but,
0: won this year and he's got four top 10. So he's probably not a top 10 machine, but top 20, it looks like he's right there.
2: Yeah. He's also got a lot of missed cuts. Doesn't he? That's just, just, but like the definition of inconsistency. Um, but you're not wrong for riding the hot hand, man. I'll tell you. Cause he was on my list too. And he just didn't sneak into mine.
1: Well, who's on your top 10 list, Smitty. That's the question.
2: So before the show, I, and I was, uh, telling Eric what my picks were I said I was doing something different but um I I know not crazy different but just it just worked out this way um I have uh riding a couple hot hands here I have Tony Finau at plus 140 for top 10 the guy can hit it a long ways and now he's showing that he can he has the the approach and short game to to match it and everything so I think that he's a a guy who's going to continue to keep playing well then I have Willie Z at plus 140 I think he's hungry now. I think a lot of guys are, you know, I see on social media is like, okay, is he going to relax now and take a breath? And he's not going to be great coming up this weekend. I think that's, I think it's going to be the opposite for him. I think he's hungry. I think he wants to be the best player. I think he wants to be the player of the year. Um, So that's, I have him there. And man, he is, his numbers are great across the board. You want to talk about, I mean, he can hit the ball. He can hit the ball off the tee. He's really good at, at finding greens. I mean, he like he's one of the best in the world at um, making sure that he doesn't three-putt, you know? So, I mean, he's two-putting everything. So, I, I I like Willie Z there. Um, and then I think Scotty Scheffler was really pissed off after last weekend, and I think he might have, I don't know if he let some of the Cam Smith stuff like get into his head early on, or what it was, um, and if he was focused on just picking a time for him to screw with Cam, but um, I think that uh, there was some very visible things on the course last week with with Scotty and just not being happy with the way he's playing and being the guy that he's been all year. I think he's going to try to right that ship. Um, And then I have uh, Colin Morikawa at plus 225. Um, There are only two guys better on tour than him at um, strokes gained um, approach to the green. And that is two really good players is Will Zalatoris and Russell Henley. Um, he, he's been quietly doing some really good things. I mean, he, he played really great this last weekend. Um, and, uh, he's been gaining a lot of strokes, um, around the green and on the green as of late. So I like him at plus 225. And then I have, lastly, I have Cam Young at plus 230 and, uh, I don't have him as uh, I, you know Cam's another guy who can hit the ball a long ways, but he's he's been very consistent all year too, and I really like him that way. Um, I don't have this as an official one. I you know I I, pu- I did put down that John Rom is interesting just because like just when you think John Rom's going away, he's right back in it, and if he plays well this weekend, I don't know. I, I mean, he he could I mean he could win this damn thing yet. Everything I said about Max
1: Homa apply that to John Rom. That's who I was talking about. Continue. Yeah, Rama's
2: is, Ram is an interesting cat, man. I think that he has a chance to be, uh, to do really good things. I just I just haven't seen it consistently enough out of him this year. And when or when all the big guns are there, I don't know. I, I'm interested, but he kind of just sneaks up on you.
1: Okay, so you add, you just added Riley to your top ten, essentially. I mean, John Rahm? from what?
2: Uh, if I had to have a sixth, I would put John Rahm in there. Okay, but we can squeeze
1: I, Riley right there next to the golf ball. No Riley. No, nope, I feel like it's Riley. <laughs> We're on to Adam's top tens.
0: Yeah, so my I top bet tens. This is where
1: the numbers get big.
0: Uh it's, we had a few similar picks, but uh I went with uh JT Post and at plus six hundred. I just feel like he's kind of coming back to form and get him on a course that's you know, a little tricky. He might be able to play well. And a four four round event. And then I got Lucas Glover at plus 1,000, who made huge moves last week. And I just feel like he's he's the dude right now. Like he could, he may be able to get that, you know, playoff win to help solidify his career. And then Siwoo Kim at plus 800, four rounds. The dude can go low a lot of times. So maybe if he doesn't go low Thursday, Friday, he can bring it in this weekend. Then I got Scotty Scheffler at plus 140 just because he didn't play good last week. So he's not going to do that twice. And then Kala at, at plus 225. And then the sixth pick I have was at Adam Scott at plus 450. He's just kind of sneakily been way under the radar getting into the top 70. And I thought, he
2: has. he's just a
0: gamer. And the less and less players he has to beat every week is, you know, I think he really wants to be on the President's Cup team, which this is going to definitely help that situation out.
2: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: What were the odds on Siwoo Kim?
0: Uh, plus 800.
1: Wow. That seems like a great
2: number.
0: It's Siwoo Kim, not the other Kim.
2: I think it's uh I think it I think the whole Siwoo Kim thing and why his numbers are there is because like you said Adam, I mean, he has the potential to go really really low and he's shown that he can do that, but then he can go the other way and like but in a four round in a in a four round thing, I mean, if you go go really low twice, you're gonna be in the mix. So
0: we've seen him shoot like sixty two and then he follows up with a seventy five, but that's right. not gonna be a cut. So right. Maybe he's follows it up again with a sixty two. It's just you don't know. Two low rounds this week is probably gonna get you in the top five for sure, maybe even a win. You could probably have a seventy three or seventy four round and not get hurt this week.
2: Yeah, I like where I like where your head's at with, with uh some of those picks, man, so far. You're kind of making me wish that my list could be longer than what it is now.
0: Plus, I think with guys trying to get in the top 30 that want to get there, you know, the guys that have already made like five, six, seven, eight million, like getting into the playoffs is going to double your money. So they're really going to try to take it deep this week. I don't know what the scores will be. We'll kind of get a feel after Thursday, but I would think just the way it's been trending, like at least 15, maybe 20 to 22.
2: Yeah, I I was thinking somewhere around the fifteen to eighteen range is gonna win it. These old school country
0: clubs, they just seem to rip them apart like they don't even have any defense for some reason.
2: Oh, I'm sure it'll rain. Don't worry. Yeah, can we get a can we get a dry weekend and let these guys go to work? Just a seventy five and sunny four days in a row and watch some really good golf. That's all. That's all we ask.
0: Uh, looks like the only chance of rain is on Sunday, 50% on Sunday. So it might catch a break.
1: Enough to play through.
0: I'm sure it won't wreak havoc on us.
1: So Smitty, who's going to win this thing?
2: All right. So like I said it, earlier, it's it's kind of let the big dogs eat this weekend. Um, there's a million guys in that 14 to 1 range, and it's give or take – you know, 14 to to 18, uh, to one range. And you kind of just need to pick out a few and, um, I'll end with those guys, I guess, but really it's 100% similar to (laughs) my top 10, which like I said, is a little different. So I did go Cam Young at plus 2,500. Um, He's fourth in driving dis- distance this year, um, so he's a guy that can really, really bomb it off the tee, and um, he's shown that he has the rest of the game to back it up too. So I like him at, at plus 2,500. And then Colin, Colin Morikawa at plus uh, 2,000, another guy that's just playing really well again. You know, I'm just reiterating this a little bit for the rest, but then I have at plus 1,400, I have Scotty, Willie Z, and Tony Finau again. So my top ten, my top 10 and my outrights are exactly the same. Um I just think that the guys that have been trending in the right direction and have been winning as of late are the guys who are going to be a, be there at the top um this weekend again. So all the numbers say that Rory should win this thing. I'm just going to put that out there. Um but I'm not betting him. He just pisses me off because it's like because you okay, you listen to this, right? So he's second in driving distance. He's 14th in strokes gained approach and then after missing a cut his last 3 his last 3 events after missing cut he's been second he's won and he's been T6. So the numbers all tell you yeah, hey, Rory's going to do really well this weekend. And maybe he does and you know, good for him if he does it, whatever. But like how do you miss the cut last weekend?
0: I mean, I think he was just out like not sharp and but I do like him with a no cut situation, you know. I feel like when he goes to Augusta it's almost like a no cut situation for him. So we've seen him go 64 75 and then shoot deep on the last two rounds. So I think with a no cut it's way more relaxed for these guys.
2: Yeah, I mean so if I had to have a six guy it would be Rory just because all of the numbers point towards win 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 win. You know, at the very worst, you know, a top 10. Um and then JT I already told you guys earlier I was I I'm off him this weekend because he can't make a putt inside 10 feet. So
0: I bet he gets that fixed. Yeah, I don't know what Rory's FedEx ranking. He's ninth right now, so he needs to move up three or four spots.
2: That's why I'm saying like last week was important, and for him to just not be playing golf for the last couple of weeks is just irritating.
0: Uh, you see it every year, though. When we used to have four playoff events, guys would set out the second or third event, and they would play just... Like the first two and went like, um, uh, was a VJ, the one year won the first two events and then set out the BMW and then wins the FedEx. And we've seen guys just always set out. So when they went to this more condensed, it kind of reduced that and the points more, but the guys that were in the top five or six, they were so far ahead of everybody like Rory, Xander, uh, Scotty, they were so far ahead. They didn't need really need to play good last week. I mean, if Scotty Scheffler goes out and beats Zalator straight up, he's going to be in that number one spot again. I feel like the guys in the top seven are probably just more in a playoffs, like almost a match play situation where it's like, oh, I've got to beat. If you're Rory, you're like, okay, I can beat Sepp. I can beat Patrick Cantlay. I've just got to worry about Tony, uh, Scotty, and Will because Cam Smith's out this week. so he's really only got to beat two or three guys heads up. And I think that's his mentality going in. Like if that's me and I'm JT Rory, I'm like, okay, these are the eight guys ahead of me. I need to beat those guys this week. And you're just worried about what they're doing. Not so much who's going to win, but what they're doing. Cause that moves you up.
2: Still a tall task because look at the guys that are ahead of them, man. They've, they played well last week. Yeah. St. Burns played good
1: what is what are these prices everybody's 14 to 1 or 12 to 1 this is ridiculous
0: i think it's just that close in a no-cut field too it's hard to say
2: it's just it's the most competitive field in golf man i mean it's every every great player is playing minus cam smith because he
1: yep sat on the wallet too hard who's on your winner list adam
2: Uh, so my winner's list, I've got
0: Rory at plus a thousand. That's better odds than I've been getting on him. And then I've got got Godzilla at 1400 Fiena at 1400 Thomas at 1400 and Sam Burns at 2,500 just cause Sam Burns is a gamer and this is gonna, I feel like this course kind of fits him a little better where he can, you know, he doesn't have to hit a lot of drivers. He's long with the irons. He can just kind of weave it around. And he played decent last week, so I think. Yeah, he's
1: he's been yeah, playing. He finished
0: well. top twenty last week, so I think maybe he just he and he hadn't played in two or three weeks. So I feel like maybe he's got that good score, you know, good finish under his belt. And now he's ready to rock and roll. So
1: that's how it starts. You hit a top twenty, you hit a couple nice drives. Next thing you know, you're holding up a trophy and we're catching tickets. It's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be easier to do the spreadsheets. I'm not gonna to have to like go through and sort the guys that got caught. and it's just gonna be like waiting till the end this week.
1: Yeah, less work. That's the good side of the no cut events. Oh but yeah, shit, without Sam, forty five minutes.
0: Without a, uh, you know, um, Camp Smith there this week. That's really gonna take him way down in the points. Probably outside the top twenty, I would say. With just the depth of the players that are there, you're probably looking at yeah he's gonna drop at least eight to ten spots for sure and then next week we get the funky scoring with the the tour championship where it's like the leader starts at ten under and the other guys start at like eight seven six five whatever progressive
2: so that's a good segue into like the last thing that we can talk about I'll think a little bit Adam and I want to get your take on this but what do you think about how they do that at the end with the staggered scoring and everything. Like, do you think that how how the FedEx Cup is set up, do you think that it's the best way to do it? Or I've seen a lot of different opinions so far this week um, on social media and everything with people talking about that and how, you know, how the point system is set up and how, how they how they all do this. And then at the end, how it works. It's like, oh, all right, this guy's going to start with a, f- you know, five-stroke lead. and
0: I like the way they do it now compared to the way they used to. Because if you get a guy like... Say Scotty Scheffler has a reverse season and he wins four in a row. He's so far ahead the way they used to do it that there's no way anybody would ever beat him.
2: But isn't that the way it's isn't that way, isn't that the way it's, it should be? It's like, all right, well, be better.
0: It made the tour championship a horrible event because true you had guys like VJ who had it locked up before it even you know, like the way they had the points before. You could win the FedEx Cup without even playing the last event. I think VJ did it and maybe Tiger did it once and somebody else did it. And then they were like, all right, we got to do something. And then they started doing like, they just did it with points, but then it gets so squirrely because it's like the points go back and forth. It was just like, I think it was too much for TV for people to like understand the points. So the way they do it now with the strokes, it's just like, that's it. Whoever wins wins because you could win used to, you could win the FedEx cup without winning the the tour championship. So the way that now, like you basically have to win the tour championship to win the FedEx cup. I mean, we've seen it where I think when DJ won, he started out and then he just got hot and it was like peeled away from the field. But I think this year, the fields are so much deeper that it's going to be a little closer. I mean, give Scotty Scheffler or Zala Torres, a two or three shot lead. I think there's a lot of guys that could catch him pretty quick and pretty easy. I mean, if they would have done it like this back in the day and you start tiger off with a four or five shot lead, there's no way anybody catches him. He would have just put his foot on their throat and took off and you know, they would have been engraving the trophy on hole five.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I just, I just thought it was worth bringing up because I think that it's a really interesting way to, to do it, you know, and to have a playoff and, have staggered scoring like that. It is interesting. So,
0: Yeah, I don't know how else you would do it. Otherwise, you have points, and then it's, you know, guys could theoretically win the FedEx Cup and not win the tournament. So I think this is a little better format. At least it has been the last few years. It just kind of rewards those guys that played better all year with those few extra shots. I don't know if there's really a good way to do it because – if you just did a, a full reset and everybody was on zero, you could have a guy like Seb Straka that finishes a second and finishes maybe like a top five gets in the top 30 and wins the thing. And he didn't do shit all year, except, you know, have two top tens and he wins one event and it wins the whole thing. It kind of makes it worthless. You know, it's just, I think it, it's a better handicapping, but I don't know how you, there's really no fair way to do it. You would just have to say like, everybody in the top 30, but then it penalizes the guys that played well all season that earned those, you know, post and playing well, probably earned a couple of shots on, you know, Aaron Wise or Clark or Molinax who didn't play great all year.
2: Yeah, that's true. I, I just, I just thought that it, it's a, it's an interesting way of doing it. And I, I don't, it's not that I, I don't dislike it. I just figured that you had a good take on it and an understanding of it and you know why they do it and everything. So I wanted to bring it up.
0: Yeah. It's just hard. It's it's really hard to do. I mean, it's not like, it would be like if you had a football team in the NFL who, um, well, they, they kind of Mike Leach's breakdown of like how you would, if you went to 16 teams in the college football playoffs, you could have a team that won their conference championship that just lucked into it. That was a four and five who maybe only beat four not very good teams and plays and just, you know, kicks a field goal to beat Alabama and then kicks a field goal to beat someone else. They didn't play shit all year and they win the the national championship. It's just not fair to the teams that played super hard teams and played well all year. Just I don't know. someday somebody will come up with a system that really works for that, but you can't do match play because some guys are good at match play and some guys aren't. And you can't do, you know, you could do
2: stableford scoring or something like that. But
1: oh no, I'm just barely figuring out this scoring.
2: Yeah, it's like you, you'd you pretty much have to create a brand new way of competing. Yeah. That
0: would be cool if they did Stableford and it's like, okay, if you're in first, your handicap is 10 and the next guy's handicap is eight, you know, and do it that way. But I don't know that you'll ever find a great way. This is just seems to work the best for the last few years. So we'll go with it. Those guys know a little more than we do. So.
1: You know what's cool? I saw the US amateurs had oh. the first group teeing off had a group of Costanza, yeah. Kramer, and Newman. I love that.
0: They did that on so purpose. They, it was awesome.
1: Yeah, they can manipulate that a little bit, huh?
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was great. Funny.
1: That's good PR right that there.
0: That was great marketing for the on the USGA's part.
1: Absolutely.
0: Because there's probably a lot of non-golfers that saw that and were like, oh, I'm just going to click on this to see what it is. And they're probably getting a ton of clicks just to see what these guys are.
1: Yeah. I see friends of mine who don't ever talk about golf talking about that. So that was was minor league baseball level genius.
0: Yeah, and I saw a video where one of the rules officials dropped a ball on the back of a green, just dropped it from like three feet up, and the ball rolled all the way off the green down the fairway. So the the amateur they definitely trick it up a lot. So it's it's a good event. I mean, the other thing we could talk about is briefly is just how Cam Young's not playing this week because of yeah a hip injury,
1: a quote unquote hip injury.
0: He says he's been playing through it, but like I said, my hip always hurts when I have a big payday too.
2: Yeah, I don't. Cam Smith just is is it's weird to me. You know. Cause he he's been a really lovable guy on tour. Like people people love watching him because you know he's got the mullet and he's got the mustache and he wears the you know he wears a straight build hat and he, he just rocks you know great great outfits and apparel every single week and stuff. And so the casual fan loves him and everything. And now there's all these now there's all the talk about him moving to live and guys are just the hardcore golf guys and all this. That's like all right, screw him. He's gone. And like well he hasn't even technically officially announced anything yet. The writing's on the wall for sure. I mean, it's just how, how it's crazy how quickly a guy can go from being beloved to hated in a matter of a few days. I'm struggling with that a little bit because I, I was a big Cam Smith guy up until all this. And now I'm just like, I don't want him to leave the tour.
0: And the crazy thing is, so today they had their big players meeting with the top 20 players and Tiger flew in for the event with uh, Ricky Fowler in tow. And th- I haven't heard anything about it yet. It was happening today. So
2: they're talking about, yeah, they're talking about Tiger coming in.
0: Yeah. And I'm guessing tomorrow, the, press, the PJ's press conference will be briefed about what they talked about. But I think they're they're trying to shore up some stuff, legal stuff that they had come up during the court case, but also figure out what they want to do and, and basically tell Tiger. And I, I heard uh, Davis Love talking about how this or next year, they're going to have $800 million in prize money to pass out. So it's going to be way more money for everybody. It just seems smarter. And I actually listened to a Colt Nose, uh on the PAR podcast today where they were interviewing the kid that won the NCAA. And he kind of summed it up a little bit where he said, if you look at the guys that are playing, like they aren't playing much on the tour. And if you're at the end of your career, why not take the money? You know, What's Hazen have to prove or Schwartzel? Like they're pretty much at the end of their career. They're not beating the new guys. They're not winning majors. They're they're at the end. If you can get a hundred mil to finish out your career, like just take it. But if you're a college kid, wh- why? That's dumb. Like you don't know how much the purses are going to grow, how much potential money you could have. That's
2: Yeah, and for those older guys, it's a better alternative than going on the senior tour if they don't want to play until forever, you know?
0: I mean, to win 100 mil on the senior tour, you would have to play for 30 years. Um, so if,
2: go and enjoy life.
0: Yeah. Like Charles House played 610 events. It's like the second most of anybody on tour. And he won 46 mil. Why not go take the 50 mil and play another 30 or 40 events for the rest of your career and
2: call it a day? Yep. And then all he's got to do is play on Sunday mornings with his family or whatever. Or his buddies. Yeah. I, I agree.
0: bad existence. We'll see what happens. Let's wrap this
1: thing up. Thank you, people, for listening. Thank you, Adam and Smitty, for all of your hard work. We truly do appreciate it. If you haven't already, throw us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, whatever podcast app you're using. It takes five seconds, and it does so much for us. Just click the fifth star on the right side. Or you can tell somebody about the show, get them into it. I know we're getting rich in here, but it's not an exclusive club. You can bring your friends. You can find all things Patriot Sports and by extension Plus Money Golf on our beautiful and luxurious new website, PatriotSportsNow.com. Also, we got a Facebook group up and running as well and a TikTok page. we got all kinds of stuff. All right, best of luck with your bets this weekend, and we'll see you right back here next week for more Plus Money opportunities. Adam, say something cool that golfers say.
0: You know what's pathetic? You've been playing golf your whole life. Thanks for listening to Plus Money Golf. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, keep up with the show on Facebook and Instagram at Plus Money Golf and on Twitter at PSR Golf. Until next time.